is the Hockey Show with Dave Rothenberg, presented by the All-American Auto Group, the number one Ford auto group in the Northeast. Learn more at allamericanford.net. And a good Saturday morning to you and yours. It is the Hockey Show, 98.7 ESPN. I'm Dave Rothenberg with you as the snow is, well, you know exactly what's happening. The Hockey Show brought to you by the All-American Auto Group with locations in Paramus, Hackensack, Old Bridge, and Point Pleasant. And, of course, our dear friends at Slomans call 1-800-ALARM-ME to receive a free doorbell camera with the installation of your Sloman Shield. Keep your family safe. Call 1-800-ALARM-ME. See, today is interesting because we had the, the glorious event at the Garden last night with the retiring of the number 30, Henrik Lundqvist. So we'll get into that in a little bit. And I guess kind of like life, we also had had the passing of one of the great players we've seen uh, in the tri-state area throughout the history of the NHL. So the great Henrik Lundqvist, the 30, is retired, and the passing of Clark Gillies at 67. Um, Gillies happened a little over a week ago, and because it was so quick and sudden and nobody really had an anticipation that this was going to happen, it it kind of caught us off guard, and we weren't really prepared to spend a lot of time on it. Well, that has changed from last week to this week. So we want to remedy that and really appropriately discuss Clark Gillies, who uh, sadly passes away at the age of 67. Let me just run through a couple of couple of notes and, and pieces of information about Clark Gillies. This was a, and a lot of people I'm sure listening to the show, you don't really have a, a, a remembrance of Clark Gillies, who was an Islander and was a great Islander. Came up in 74-75 in and played all the way through 85-86 with the Islanders, winning, of course, four cups and and tough. I mean, tough as nails, 6-3, well over 200 pounds. And the, the memory, and I don't remember this because I was just a little kid, but you remember the Broad Street Bullies, right? Mid-70s, Dave Schultz, he was their enforcer. Kind of this, this moment for Clark Gillies, rookie season 74-75 in the playoffs. Gillies really, I mean, he went right after Dave Schultz. And I think in that moment, you recognized how tough, what a team leader, and what a tone setter he was going to be for the Islanders. He was a tough guy. He was a physical player. He was a goal scorer. Had 319 goals during the course of his career. Almost 700 points. A Hall of Famer. Played, and catch this now, 164 playoff games. And just to kind of put that into perspective a little bit, that is two additional seasons. Two full additional seasons. Had 47 goals in the postseason. 47 assists in the postseason. And 287 points. So they don't make them like this anymore. They don't make them like guys that can put up 30 goals a season and then beat you to a pulp to defend a teammate if need be. So 67 years old, Clark Gillies passes away. A lot to do in reaction to that. We start with the head coach of the Islanders. Here is Barry Trotz reacting to the passing of Clark Gillies. When you talk about Clark, Clark has a relationship with so many guys who have cut their teeth with the Islanders. And, you know, he's a, you know, he was bigger in life. When you saw Clark Gillies, you thought Islander. I mean, there was no doubt. There was no gray area. Uh, charismatic. He played the right way. He was part of the community. Everything that you think about an Islander, being a good teammate, a uh, fantastic person, all those things. Uh, that was, uh, you know, my, my heart dropped when uh, I was told, coming off the ice. And, uh, you know, you'll be missed. You know, he really will. 
certainly a, a sad moment, but a, a reflective one and one that we now look back on and think of, of the great man because he really was. And if you got to know Clark Gillies at all, anybody that does, you know, he would be at, at all these Islanders events. And um, it's funny, Rick DiPietro told the story on um, the show Friday morning, DiPietro and Rothenberg, about how when Milbury was the coach, he tried to keep those those Islanders players kind of at bay. And then when Milbury left, they kind of brought them back into the mix, the the Bossies, the Nystroms, the Tanellis, and, and the Gillies of the world. And he said, just just the best of the best. That's what you hear from anybody that knew Clark Gillies, just the best of the best of the best. Let's take a listen to uh, Islanders forward Matt Martin, his reaction to the passing of the great Clark Gillies. It's tragic, to be honest with you. You know, Clark, he's always gone out of his way to, uh, you know, welcome players into the organization. You know, I always thought, like, that's who, that's who I want to be when I grow up. He's just an amazing human being. You know, it's just very, uh, very sad and unfortunate. And uh, I speak for the whole organization when I say that our hearts and thoughts and prayers go to the family. Uh, he's got a beautiful family and, you know, he's done so much for the community with his foundation that we've uh, been lucky enough to be a part of over the years and uh, you know he'll forever live on uh, you know in, inside of this organization and like I said he just represents everything you know being a New York Islander is and you can hear how difficult it is for Matt Martin to discuss and I think something that you don't want to lose in this is that that's kind of passed from generation to generation that is a guy these two guys wouldn't have known each other at all but for the fact that Gillies is still around with the organization, showing up for events, meeting the younger players, developing the relationship. And it's not like that with every team. And you hear that with the Islanders, and it really is moving. Anders Lee on Clark Gillies. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, anytime he ran into Clark, he was uh, a wonderful experience, a great conversation. He lived and breathed uh, Islander hockey. And, you know, I, my heart goes out to his family and um, all the all of his friends and the people he's touched um, since he's been since he's been here on the island. It's, um, it's a sad day. Certainly was a sad day last Friday when we learned of the passing of Clark Gillies at, at 67 years old. And and I reminisce in, in looking at now he came up with the Regina Pats in 71, 72, 68 games played, 31 goals. Next season, 72, 73, 68 games, 40 goals. Next season, uh, 73, 74, 46 goals in just 65 games. So, again, and yet you have to just continue to reiterate this. This was this was a tough guy. I mean, this was a. You know, to put it into perspective of where we are now, a, a, a Ryan Reeves, right? This was a, a Matt Martin. This was that level of toughness, a guy that would go toe-to-toe with anybody who could put up 30 goals a season. You don't have that. It doesn't exist anymore. Comes up with the Islanders, 74-75, plays in every game, 25 goals. You look at his goal total, 34, 33, 35, 35, career high of 38 in 81 82. And this, I think you have to take notice of as well. All the years the Islanders are winning, 79-80, 73 games played, 80-81, 80 games played, 81-82, 79 games played. Comes up in 74-75, 75-76, 80 games played, 80 games played. He didn't miss time. He didn't miss time. More from Clark Gillies and, and the memories of, and here is Barry Trotz, and these are going to be good. Entertaining, interesting, informative, his favorite memory of Clark Gillies. 
I will always remember Clark smashing that, that, that can of beer in his head and laughing and being a part of the community, the fans, and you could see the passion in his, uh, and even that action, it's a funny action, but I'll tell you what, the guys, that's what you remember him. I will remember him, and uh, I, I always admired him as a player, so that won't go, but as a person, how he cared about the community, the Islanders, and all that, so that one, that one will, will stay with me for a long time, because I just thought that he, you know, he was willing to go above, above and beyond and do something to, to make sure that the, the fans got to the next level and the team got to the next level. I remember this is a guy born 1954 in Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan in, in Western Canada. Came to Long Island, which must have been the bigger polar opposite, right? Like the, the strip malls and, and Roosevelt Field and the Nassau Coliseum. And must have loved it so much that he stayed on the island for the rest of his life and actually passed away in, in Greenlawn um, a little over a week ago. The fourth overall pick in the 19. 19- uh, 74 NHL draft by the Islanders also was selected in the WHA draft by an Islanders fans. You can take solace in the fact that this did not happen. The Edmonton Oilers. Could you imagine him protecting the, the wing of one Wayne Gretzky? Well, fortunately for the Islanders fans that that did not happen. Here is Matt Martin on his favorite Clark Gillies memory. I mean, he loved loved to tell jokes, bad jokes. He opened, you know, every one of his foundation events. That, like like I said, I was lucky to be a part of golf tournaments, bowling events. You know, he was a big reason why uh, I started my foundation as well. But he he loved to tell jokes. Like I said, um, he loved to you know include just about everybody in the room. You know, for as tough as a guy he was on the ice, um, probably not a you know nicer human being uh, away from the game, and you know. He'll be missed in, in a lot of ways, but like I said, uh, his his presence and you know, who he was uh, will continue to live on with with us. And so we just hope we hope the family all the best. You can hear in Barry Trotz's voice and Anders Lee's voice and Matt Martin's voice just how like there are some people that pass away and they're remembered fondly, but there's not this tremendous connection. Everyone. Everyone that knew this man felt a tremendous connection and a closeness and a fondness for him. Anders Lee, here is his favorite memory of the great Clark Gillies. Yeah, when a uh, few summers back, we were supposed to play around the golf and um, showed up early in the morning. Uh, me, Clarky, close friend of mine, and one of Clarky's close friends, and uh, we got completely rained out. So we sat in the clubhouse uh, all morning and turned it into a, a long day. It was just uh, a great morning with Clarky, and just honestly, didn't nothing mattered about the game uh, around that day. We just got to sit around a table and uh, spend time with him. So it's those memories that will sustain, hopefully, these guys for forever, really. Um, it's not just the Islanders family that has fond memories of, uh, of Clark Gillies. We'll hear from the, the other local coaches now. Lindy Ruff, head coach of the Devils, remembering his friend and, of course, former teammate Clark Gillies. Probably one of the nicest, kindest men I've ever been around. I mean, fortunate to play with and call him a good friend. Dearly, he's going to be dearly missed, but it, there's... There's nothing that anybody can say about that man that uh, from the way he handled himself on the ice to the way he handled himself off the ice and how well liked he was and incredible player. He was just incredible for the short period of time I played with him, became good friends with him. Just an incredible man. And he's just going to be going to be sorely missed. Sorely, sorely missed. Um, I think a lot of people, if you if you ask them, wouldn't really know the answer to this. I'm going to ask you. I'll take a second. I'll, I'll I don't know, discuss something else and then. 
and then come back in a moment for the answer. Where did Clark Gillies finish his NHL career? Where did Clark Gillies finish his NHL career? His first one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve seasons from 74, 75 through 85, 86, all at the Islanders. And then for those final two seasons, he finished with the Buffalo Sabres. 61 games played in 86, 87, 10 goals, 17 assists, and then 87, 88, played in only 25 games, tallied seven points on five goals and two assists. But I want to bring you all the information about the great Clark Gillies. Here is Gerard Gallant, the head coach of the Rangers, on some memories he has of his friend. He was my favorite player. That was my favorite team as a kid growing up. And, uh, you know, when I was playing Badham hockey and midget hockey, I wanted to be Clark Gilly. So he was, uh, he was a great person. I didn't know him real well. I had to get a chance to play my first game against the New York Islanders in 85. And, yeah, it was, uh, it was real tough to hear that last night. Real good man, good person. And, like I said, I don't know him real personal. But uh, as a kid growing up, I wanted to be Clark Gillies. Score and fight. <laughs> <laughs> Probably what about any any tough winger wants to be, right? Clark Gillies, score and, and, and fight. And you, we, haven't, we haven't had a lot of those, right? You look at the tough guys now, they don't put up 30 goals. You look at the uh, the goal scorers now, they can't handle themselves the way Gillies did. And and that's kind of a lost art in in having someone that is both competent at hockey and um, and competent at, at protecting others on their team. So, again, it's a, it's a sad day. It's been a sad week, but I thought it was very important to – to bring this back to, to life and, and remember and have the memories and the moments that we could reminisce about. Really, when you look at, at the great players we've ever had here in the metropolitan area, Clark Gillies has to be considered one of those. So uh, it's a circle of life, right? Uh, unfortunately, and certainly too soon and too young, but that's that's the, uh, the circle of life that we deal with. And then on the flip side, uh, what we got to see last night with Henrik Lundqvist and how special it was. And I will get into that in just a moment as well. Uh, Henrik was on the K show. He was on Fallon. He has the big uh, moment of the Jersey retirement, the number 30 retired to the rafters of Madison Square Garden. So we'll get into all of that. We'll do it next. Again, it's the hockey show brought to you by the All-American Auto Group and Slomans. We appreciate you joining us on this Saturday morning right here on 98.7 ESPN. This week's Hockey Heart Spotlight, of course, goes to the Clark Gillies Foundation, a not-for-profit corporation established by the late Hall of Famer to help children who are physically, developmentally, and or financially challenged with 100% donations earmarked to help the children. To make your contribution, call 631-851-4444 or email info at clarkgillies.org. Hockey Heart Spotlight is brought to you by the law offices of Andrew M. Cohn. For two decades, providing high-end legal services for families who have a child with a disability. The power play is to call 516-877-0595 or go to the web at amcohenlaw.com. to the hockey show with Dave Rothenberg presented by the All-American Auto Group the number one Ford Auto Group in the Northeast learn more at allamericanford.net and a good Saturday morning again to you and yours snowy Saturday was an emotional Friday night at the Garden as we had I think it's fair to say one of the great New York athletes ever 
uh, be immortalized in front of friends and family. What was a very emotional, impactful ceremony at the garden. And, and I throw this out to you right now for really some banter and conversation on a Saturday morning. When you think about the greatest New York athletes to never win a championship, Lundquist has he's got to be on that Mount Rushmore, right? Uh, you could put Patrick Ewing, I think. And then you, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, is Curtis Martin? Do you, do you look at Curtis Martin as Lundquist esque? I, I don't know. Uh, David Wright, great player, was he at the level of Lundquist? Maybe a, a sport that is considered more popular, but I don't think a bigger name in his sport than Lundquist is in his. Mike Piazza, who was great, but you look at Piazza and you say. Guy spent half his career with the Mets. Henrik Lundqvist spent his entire NHL career with the Rangers. And just, I mean, you couldn't have scripted in Hollywood someone who was better built, better suited for New York. He was Joe Cool, unfazable, great player, matinee, idle, good looks. Just he, He took time with the media, kind, you name it, he had it. Like he's at a central casting. So the amazing things, and I want to give you some stats and some numbers. We'll hear from Henrik Lundqvist. He was on the K show uh, the other day here on 98.7 ESPN. How about this, by the way? The 205th selection in the 2000 draft by the Rangers. And the, the rationale has to be that they just, they did not expect him to come over to the NHL. Because when you look at what he did here, I mean, this is like the Tom Brady, right? Like Tom Brady, Actually, interestingly enough, isn't that the same draft? The two, the 2000 draft in the sixth round? And I think Brady was picked 199? Yeah, I believe so. So Lundquist goes 205, six picks after Tom Brady. Now, Lundquist started his professional career over in Sweden in 98-99 on Frölunda and played with them from 98-99 through 2004-2005. So he wasn't here for quite a while came over to the Rangers 2005-2006 and was their primary netminder all the way through the end of 2019 and 2020. And and I'll sprinkle in, because we'll hear from Hank in just a couple of moments, I'll sprinkle in some just unbelievable records and numbers and performances. Listen to his, well, let, let me start with his international career. So at the Olympics in 2006, as the netminder for Sweden wins the gold. 2014, netminder for Sweden Wins the silver. The world championships. Now, again, chew on this. 2003, he's the goaltender for Sweden. And still the goaltender in 2017 for international play for Sweden. So he wins silver in 03, silver in 04, and then gold in 2017. World Cup of Hockey, bronze um, in 2016. And the world championships, he wins gold in 2002. So this is a long-storied professional career, international career, littered with gold medals, bronze, silver, all over the place. And I just want to throw a couple of facts and figures uh, here about Henrik Lundqvist. Um, Rangers NHL records, the only netminder in NHL history to record 30 wins in each of his first seven seasons. And again, like you hear these things and they just go running past you. But think, I mean, this is 200, at least 210 wins in his first seven seasons. First NHL goaltender to start his career with 11, 11 straight 20-win seasons and became overall the 15th goaltender to have won at least 20 games in a season 11 separate times. That's in his career. 
and he did that in his first 11 seasons with the Rangers. Most shutouts by a goaltender ever at Madison Square Garden. New York Rangers club record games played in a single season, 73. And find me the goaltender. He did that in 09-10, by the way. Find me the goaltender that this day and age gets in between the pipes 73 times. The Rangers all-time leader in shutouts. Most wins at 459 by a Rangers goaltender in the history of the franchise. So just, the, and, and there's more. That's like the first half. We'll run through the second half in just a couple of moments. But Henrik Lundqvist was on the Michael K show here on 9870 ESPN, I believe on Thursday afternoon of this week. And the first thing we get to is his connection with the people and with the city of New York. What was it about New York that just seemed to connect immediately? Uh, I'm going to say everything. <laughs> I mean, this place, just the energy, the opportunities, the, the people, the, the excitement, the intensity, the big stage, everything added to, you know, me just really in, in, in enjoying, you know, being here. Um, and I felt it right away. Obviously, it's such a different place compared to where, where I grew up and, and, you know, coming here, I was very open-minded because I, I didn't really know what I was walking into. But I, I really fell in love with the city, the organization, and everything that comes with playing for the Rangers. So, um, you know, it feels great. I'm, I'm done playing, but uh, we're staying. I'm raising my kids here and, and just having a, a really good good time being here. If you are successful in New York, I, I don't think you leave. You know, we mentioned Clark Gillies earlier. He, from, from Western Canada, comes to the Islanders, never leaves the island. Henrik Lundqvist, from Sweden, comes to New York, is a conquering hero here in the city, never leaves. And you hear in that answer, my kids will be here. I'm not going anywhere, anywhere. And he had such amazing moments with this city. And then you look at a player like a, like a Julius Randle, who is here for, what, three years, and in, in year three, he goes from a conquering hero to tremendous struggle. Henrik Lundqvist was here for, for the better part of, of two decades, and, and never once did you have a moment of, of disdain or upset or anger or, or anything like that. It really is a remarkable storied career. Now, it did have moments which were very difficult. He signed with Washington. The goal a couple of years ago was to play with the Capitals, and they discovered a heart ailment. So he had to have heart surgery. He was forced into retirement, which I, I think maybe you look at and you say is old, not a heart ailment, certainly. But the fact that he could never play on another team, almost a blessing in disguise, because you want to think of Henrik Lundqvist as a lifelong Ranger. And now you have that. So here he is, the case show on the tough end to his career in Washington. Honestly, I really struggled uh, when my time was up in New York to to really see myself play anywhere else. It, it was hard. But then I started going to the rink and I realized how much I loved the game still and I wanted to compete. So, you know, I signed. I, I went there. They were amazing and, and very supportive. But then in the end, you know, my, my heart said no. It was not meant to be. And I was very grateful for the opportunity and, and to go there and, and play more hockey. But in the end, like I said, it, it was not meant to be. And um, it's funny how things work out. You know, I, like I said, I really struggled with that decision to see myself play anywhere else. And, and after that, you know, it's been a journey. No question about it. When he says his heart said no, and, and literally his heart said uh, absolutely not. I, I want to give you a couple more uh, notes and nuggets for the great Henrik Lundqvist. Fastest goaltender in the history of the NHL to get to 400 wins. Most shutouts by a Rangers goaltender 
at 64. Most playoff wins by a Rangers goaltender at 61. Uh, consecutive game seven wins, six. That is unbelievable. Most combined games played, 985. Most combined regular season and playoff saves in the history of the NHL. It just goes on and on and on. More from Henrik Lundqvist on the case show. Does he miss playing nowadays? Absolutely. I, I love the game. And there's things I, I miss. There's things I, I you know, don't miss, <laughs> you know. But when I watch the, the current team and, you know, when they do well and you win games, especially at the Garden, you know, that feeling, that, that's something I, I think I'll miss it for the rest of my life because it's so hard to replace. But with that comes so much effort and commitment and, and takes a toll on you, no question. But it's worth it. But he was here forever. And, and and I heard that interview on the K show, at least bits and pieces of it. And, and, and I heard him say, you know, he, he loved practice. He just like everything about the sport he loved. And when you look at athletes now, they, they all don't love that. And I can tell you that from speaking to them. Um, they all don't love the, the grind, the minutia, the day to day of what it entails. But he loved it because they were kidding. He has a twin. And they said, did your did your twin brother ever show up to practice? And, and he's like, no. They're like, well, why? Well, because I didn't want to miss practice. I absolutely adored getting on the ice and, and playing the sport. In his wildest dreams, when he was a kid in Sweden, drafted in the sixth round, 205th overall selection, did he ever possibly imagine his career would have gone like this? Coming here, I said earlier, I came with a very open mind, but it was hard to... You know, I really know what I was walking into, uh, but I, I was just so focused and determined to make the team. And, and then you go from there. You don't look too far. You don't think about next year or five years down the road. It's it just right now, and that's the next game, and then try to win. And that's what, you know, that was my thinking. Um, so to sit here now, 15 years later, and, and think back of everything I went through and experienced, and it's kind of crazy. It really is just a phenomenal, incredible career. More, more stats and, and little pieces of, of nugget that you can use when you're talking to your buddies about uh, the best goaltender that we've seen here with the Rangers and one of the greats in the history of the game. Most wins by a European-born goaltender in the history of the NHL. Most saves in the shootout by a cult goaltender in his career. First goaltender in NHL history with consecutive 50-plus save wins. That was announced during a broadcast on March 3rd, 2018. He had 100 saves on 106 shots um, over that two-day span. So just uh, incredible numbers, incredible records. And, and how about this for an Olympic record? In the Winter Olympics, he has the record for consecutive minutes played without allowing a goal. You say to yourself, well, how long? 172 minutes and 34 seconds, which is just shy of three complete games shutting out the opposition. He was on the NHL all-rookie team in, in 2006. He was the Rangers MVP in 2007, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 16, and 18. An all-star in 2009, 11, 12, 18, and 19. Won the Vezina for top goaltender in 2012. NHL first team in 2012. Second team in 2013. NHL All-Decade Second Team in the 2010s. It doesn't get a lot better than Henrik Lundqvist. One more, and this is a painful one, Rangers fans, and I feel it as much as you. 
on not being able to ever win the Stanley Cup. There's definitely some disappointment there. There's no question. We we had, you know, three, four, five years where we really had a good opportunity to, to try to win and we just fell short. Uh, so it's bittersweet thinking back because those moments were also great moments, but there's definitely some disappointment there as well. Um, but to me also, as much as you want to win, uh, the important thing for me was also, you know, the journey there and the, the all the months leading up to it, all the games, all the travel with the team and the, the things we experienced, that that was important as well. But, of course, uh, losing that 2014, that, that one hurts, does, but at the same time, very, very thankful and grateful for, for all the memories created along the way. I'll tell you what, they didn't lose that um, Stanley Cup final series because of him. He was just terrific in that series. And, of course, just an, an emotional, a vibrant, and exciting, a, a night you'll remember for a very long time that we got to see last night at Madison Square Garden. So hats off to Henrik Lundqvist, who was the Rangers goaltender from 2005-2006 all the way through 2019 and 2020. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. Where are we nowadays with the locals? We look really to the Islanders and the Devils, and then we'll look ahead and give you the schedule for this week before we shut it down for a couple weeks with the locals in the NHL. All that coming up on the Hockey Show right here on 98.7 ESPN. Andy from Merrick presents today's Defensive Analytics, sponsored by Slomans, the leader in home defense. Part of playing great defensive hockey is the art of blocking shots. It takes guts to put yourself in front of a 100-mile-per-hour shot. Two of the best this year are the Rangers, Jacob Truba and Adam Fox. Both defensemen rate in the top 10 in the league among shots blocked by a defenseman this year. to the hockey show with Dave Rothenberg presented by the All-American Auto Group the number one Ford Auto Group in the Northeast learn more at allamericanford.net Saturday morning Rothenberg with you 9870 ESPN it is the hockey show and we come to you every single Saturday on 987 ESPN now through the end of the regular season into the playoffs and we may only have one team locally participating in the playoffs, but if it's one, if it's two, if it's three, we will take you up until the very last game of the postseason. So we're kind of a, a mixture. We are a hockey magazine show mixed with what's going on currently, mixed with looking ahead to where we are. So we are really kind of the melange of hockey discussion here uh, in the New York tri-state area. Uh, and of course, right here on 98.7 ESPN. Let's look back. To this past week, the Devils were a very, very busy team, but not all that successful. Uh, Devils had four games over the last week and went uh, an unfortunate one in three in that span. Now, the one win was was a great one. Uh, they beat Carolina 7-4 last Sunday, but then they lost uh, to the Kings 3-2 to the Stars 5-1. And then to the Lightning, who obviously might be the best team in hockey yet again, by the score of 3-2. to two. Let's take a listen to the head coach of the Devils, Lindy Ruff, after the game against the Lightning, pleased with his team's play despite the loss. Hockey movement was excellent. Uh, speed going up ice. Skated really well. Our, you know, our execution with the puck movement was was real good. I thought, you know, their goalie made some big time saves at even at the start of the third period. Uh, but there was a lot to like inside the game. 
Well, we talk about the great goaltenders in, in hockey, and certainly the Tampa Bay has one of the absolute best. Now, something that has, has kind of plagued the Devils, and this is what you'll see with teams that are, are not great record-wise, standings-wise, is that the specialty teams are, are not great. Power play, penalty kill, not not the best of the best. And here is the the coach of the Devils, Lindy Rolf, was, was not scoring on the power play, deflating for your club. Well, I think it could have been even more deflating. We thought the way the power play had been going, scored on our first power play, everything was good. You know, just had a little bit of poor execution when we hit the line. And, you know, we give up a couple doozies, including the penalty shot. But I thought we bounced back. Uh, we didn't let it affect our play. And But it was, it was a moment in the game where we could have, you know, taken control. You got a second power play goal. So obviously the, the lack of power play success, a little deflating for the Devils. More from Lindy Ruff. It really is amazing when you look and think about Tampa. That this is now, they win the Cup two years ago. They win the Cup last year. Long journeys through the postseason. Obviously COVID, traveling to Canada, no you know fans in the stands, not being able to play Western Conference, only your own division. They really have overcome a lot. Um, and they're an excellent, excellent team. And if you had to rank the teams that have the best chance to win the whole thing this year, they would be probably up in your top couple. So what was the experience from Tampa and them capitalizing on changes, the difference in this game from Thursday night? It's probably the one negative inside the game. They stood us up at the blue line. We tried, I mean, they did a great job of knocking a one-foot pass out of the air. You know, we've gone into the zone numerous times where we've executed there. We just didn't execute right. And... You know, when you don't execute right, you're going to give something up. So it was a couple of near misses at the line that, you know, you got to give them a lot of credit for. Oh, even though his team lost, and even though the Devils haven't played well, we just ran through the 1-3 and three record in the last four and losses to the, the Kings, the Stars, and, of course, the Lightning. Lindy Ruff doesn't sound despondent. He doesn't sound miserable. Kind of takes some, some positives uh, from, from the losses and from the way his team has played. And, and here he is on the takeaways from this loss against one of the best in the Lightning. We've got to win games. Again, scoring two goals. And I know that, you know, Vasilevsky's a hell of a goaltender. But we got to be able to score. And we've got to be able to score more than two. And uh, we had our chances even late to tie it up, but we didn't. So what we need to take away from it is we've got to get in the back of the net. We had a chance to make it 2 nothing. that, you know, their guy was able to snare a puck that was cl- uh, crawling over the goal line. You know what the amazing, and this is just a microcosm of, of sports in general, so they, they, they win a game, they score seven last Sunday. And then they followed up with games of, of two, one, and two. So they score seven goals last Sunday. And in three games following that, they've amassed a grand total of five, right? And that really is sports. Islanders, um, and they need to win games. Now, Islanders are a team that, that people look at and say has a chance to make a run at the postseason but they need to win games, and they can't have weeks like they just had. Islanders go 1-2 and two over the course of the week, uh, lose to the Maple Leafs 3-1, then beat the Flyers 4-3, and much like the Devils, same score and everything, lose to the Kings by the final of 3-2. Barry Trotz, after that game against the Kings, level of concern for his team's offense. We're not going to be in, in, in a high-generating team uh, for the most part. I mean, we played less games. Our, our sample size is a little bit smaller, I would say. But tonight, for instance, our game is is a, is a, is a structured defending game. I thought, you look at the two chances, we, we hit a crossbar and we hit a, um, a post. Both of our defensemen, you know, those go in. It's a, a totally different game. I mean, L.A. had nothing tonight. They really didn't have much. 
and I thought we generated a little bit more. They've defended well. They clogged it up. They defended well, and it was hard to generate. They were looking for a low-scoring game, and, and we generally do. We're not going to trade chances with uh, some of the teams, but, you know, we've got to go to the net. We've got to put the puck in play. Number one is put the puck in play. I mean, uh, you, even the first period, we had as many chances as they did. We just missed the net. We, we've got to finish on that. You know, we don't. you don't get a shot for hitting the crossbar. You don't get a shot for, for hitting the post, uh, but we can shoot the puck more. Our net presence has been good. I think our D have uh, jumped in in this game. You know, uh, Pelly was in a slot, uh, generated the, uh, the you know the post. Uh, Sallow jumped in. Dauber's jumping in. So eventually Ryan Polak will join the group. He, he does that on a little more natural basis. So that's part of our game. But at the right time, we just we just don't go up and down and, and, and make wild pinches and, and jump up uh, at uh, – times and we shouldn't so so we've got to manage the game if we I thought tonight it was an even game and, and I, I, I it always felt like we were a little bit uphill chasing the game because they scored first even in the second period we they had a little zone time in the second period but they didn't generate any chances they had the puck they tried to put it in play a few times but didn't really generate a whole lot of chances see there is the answer for the Islanders they can play a really really strong game and lose because they just don't score. Like there, there are teams that are gifted with scores. I mean, like Tampa. We just discussed them. They're gifted with scores. They can not play a great game and still put four or five goals on the board. The Islanders can play a terrific game and only put one or two on the board. And and it may, the the margin for error with the Islanders is really not there. And Barry Trotz being very honest with you in discussing the Kings he says they had, they had nothing in that game. You don't hear that all that often. Here is um. Anders Lee on the level of concern for the offense with this team right now. You know, our concern is is winning hockey games, and you got to score to do that tonight. We did generate some offense; it didn't go in the net, and it can feel worse than it was. Anytime you lose, it doesn't it doesn't feel good. But there is something we can take from it. But this is uh, our mo. We're not scoring five goals a night. That's not that hasn't been our team. It never has been. We keep the puck out of the net, and uh, we win three two hockey games, two one games, and that's been our team for a while now. So you're uh, not going to see a lot of breakout hockey of five six seven goals. Listen, when it works, it's great. And when you're in struggles, it's very difficult. And we've seen that the, the recipe can work. I mean, we've seen the Islanders go on, on major runs in the last couple of seasons. But And we talked to Andrew Gross from Newsday last, last week on the hockey show. If they're going to get into the postseason, they're going to have to win seven out of every ten games now. They're going to have to get absolutely red, scalding hot. Can they? I mean, how many teams do you look at right now and realistically say the Islanders can get past? I don't know that it's any. And if it is, maybe one or two. So you have to get red hot and hope that those teams that you're chasing cool down a little bit. One more from Barry Trotz. Are you are you happy at the moment with the offensive production that you're getting? I was until tonight. Uh, you know, we scored four goals a game last three or four games here. Um, you know, that part, yes. Uh, we've come back in some games. You know, tonight we get a little puck luck. We score those two goals and we get our four. So, you know, it's hard. to. There's only a few teams that are able to get it to the five and uh, on a fairly a regular, you know, nightly basis. One of them is Florida and the other one's probably Colorado. And the rest of the rest of us in the league, we try to get the three and three and four. We just think we can get points out of that. We get to three or four, and we hope that our defense is good enough. Four is good. Three, okay. Anything below that, you really have to be dominant defensively and, and goaltending-wise. So Devils go one and three on the week. 
Islanders one and two on the week. And of course, Rangers very emotional week uh, with the big retirement ceremony last night of uh, Henrik Lundqvist, number 30 jersey. But what does next week have for us? We'll find that out next right here on The Hockey Show on 98.7 ESPN. Let's get a little extra money in your pocket. Andy from Merrick with the wager plays for today, Saturday, January 29th. This afternoon, the Islanders host the Seattle Kraken and the return of Jordan Eberle. I like the Islanders on the puck line, as well as the under with the Barry Trotz defensive system. Elsewhere, San Jose visits the Florida Panthers. I expect Florida to have no problem with this one, but stick to the money line to be safe. And finally tonight, Toronto visits Hockey Town, USA. There's no doubt Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, and the Leafs will light up the Red Wings. Andy from Merrick's wager plays are for entertainment only. As always, bet with your head, not with your heart. Gambling problem? Dial 877-8-HOPE-NY or text H-O-P-E-N-Y. Back to The Hockey Show with Dave Rothenberg. Presented by the All-American Auto Group. The number one Ford auto group in the Northeast. Learn more at allamericanford.net. Saturday morning. Uh, and please be careful with the weather this Saturday morning because it is awful. I mean, here's what you do. I have the perfect recipe for you. You listen to The Hockey Show. You put your feet up, have a nice cup of coffee. Then it's Joe Wiz. You get all your gambling fix and and the games you need to play this weekend. And then you have me for three hours from 9 to noon here on 98.7 ESPN. It is the Hockey Show, of course, brought to you by the All-American Auto Group with locations in Paramus, Hackensack, Old Bridge, and Point Pleasant. And, of course, our dear friends at Slomans call 1-800-ALARM-ME to receive a free doorbell camera with the installation of your Sloman Shield. Keep your family safe. Call 1-800-ALARM-ME. So what we like to do is we like to do a segment where we look past at what just happened and then a segment on what we have coming up this week. And this is interesting because Islanders, Rangers, Devils all in action uh, over the weekend and early next week. And then it shuts down for a little bit. So let me explain how this works. Now let's take a look at the upcoming schedule presented by... Well, you guessed it, the All-American Auto Group with locations in Paramus, Hackensack, Old Bridge, and Point Pleasant, the number one Ford Auto Group in the Northeast, allamericanford.net. We start with the Rangers. So, obviously, an emotional night last night, back in action tomorrow. See, this is the perfect setup for the Rangers. 12.30, right here on 98.7 ESPN, they have their first ever game at home against the Kraken, their second and final matchup between these two teams on the season. But that game, they dropped the puck at one. That game should be over, what, 3.15? Oh, the championship games start right around 3.15. So just the most perfect timing here. That game, of course, 98.7 ESPN. And then Tuesday night, a big game at the Garden against the Panthers. 6.30 pre-7 o'clock start for the game against Florida on 98.7 ESPN. And then, Rangers fans, you're going to become a little bit sad and a little bit upset because you're not going to see your Rangers for two full weeks. This was supposed to be the Olympic break. It has now turned into a, I guess you can call it an all-star break. 
Islanders and Devils not off nearly as long, but you don't get the Rangers from Tuesday, February 1st, all the way until February 15th. So you're going to have had Valentine's Day. You're going to have had the Super Bowl. No Rangers for two weeks. So that's the Rangers setup. As far as the Islanders are concerned, later today, a matinee, 1.30 against, you guessed it, the Kraken right here on 98.7 ESPN. Then tomorrow, Sunday, 7 o'clock against the Wild, also right here, Wild making their little journey around the Tri-State on 98.7 ESPN. And then Tuesday against the Senators, and that game starts at 7. You can catch it on 10.50 a.m. Now, Tuesday the 1st, Islanders don't have nearly as long a layoff. They are back in action on February the 9th because they got to make up the games that they missed when COVID was really running rampant and shut them down for quite an extended period of time. So that's the Islanders setup. As far as the Devils, today at Carolina at 7 o'clock, then Monday at Toronto at 7.30, and that's the, the first of two against Toronto because then the next night... Same two teams, different venue. They're in New Jersey against Toronto at 7 o'clock. And the Devils have the shortest break of any of the three locals. They play on Tuesday the 1st. They're not even off for a full week. They get back at it on the 7th. So Rangers with two, and then they're off for two weeks. Islanders with three, and then they're off for a week and a day. Devils with three, and then they're off for, for not even a week, for only Only six days. So there you have it. I I feel like we've done everything within our power to bring you all the latest in the NHL, all the latest with the locals, a look back at what we saw, a look ahead at what's on the horizon. Uh, We certainly got into the illustrious storied career and life of uh, of the great Clark Gillies, the illustrious storied career of Henrik Lundqvist. We, We did everything that we possibly could have this morning. I thank you for joining us. I'll, I'll be back. I, I, I get like a quick bite to eat and then I'm, I'm back at nine o'clock this morning taking you till noon. That's when Anita takes over from 12 to 1.30. And like I mentioned, then it's the Islanders and the Kraken. Big thanks to Andy from Merrick. Big thanks to Anthony Pusick, who's back. And I mean, what a lifesaver Anthony happens to be. He was out last week. He's making his debut for 2022 on the Hockey Show this morning. Big thanks to All-American Ford and Slowman's as well. We're back next Saturday morning at 7 with the Hockey Show right here on 98.7 ESPN. Thanks for listening to the Hockey Show with Dave Rothenberg, presented by the All-American Auto Group, the number one Ford auto group in the Northeast. Learn more at allamericanford.net.